Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Uh, is training top performers today. She's working as a keynote for law enforcement and and uh, officers who are in uh, SWAT officers. So she's not won't be with us today. But between Kathy and I, over the years, we've helped thousands of leaders to be in the top ten percent. And we're always looking for some tools and tips to add to your toolbox that will be beneficial for you. And along those lines, we always have great guests. Um, Steve Cunningham is with us today, and we're going to talk to him about entrepreneurial learning and uh, leadership. And he's got a kind of an interesting background, but he also has um, a platform, uh, read it for me that we'll talk more about it. And then he also has a new uh, product coming up um, and we'll get into all that. And I'll give you uh, his bio and, and some of his background so that you can take some of these tools, you can add it to your toolbox. And so Kathy and I have our current book, Emotional Brilliance and emotionalbrilliance.com slash academy has an e-learning platform that we have some of our stuff, but then also, you know, key people, key leaders um, from a learning platform, things that you can get uh, from them. This emotional brilliance is a subset around emotional intelligence. So we all know about emotional intelligence. The key that we try to do is, well, how do you raise it? What do you do? How do you raise confidence? What do you do about initiative? What do you do about influence? What do you do about teamwork and collaboration? You know, a lot of those key tools that when we're in organizations, that's what's really important. And um, Steve, with his Read It For Me, even adds more tools, tips for you to be your top uh, performer. And this idea of emotional brilliance is in the moment, which of those tools, which of those tips, which of those strategies do you bring forward? It may be a little different depending on the situation, but in the environment, What's your go-to? And maybe we'll ask Steve, you know, in, in his world, kind of what's his go-to when you're stressed, when you are um, wondering what's going to happen? I mean, I'm sure with Kathy working with law enforcement uh, today, you think about them being on the front line and all the things that are going on, you know, today, what's going on in the environment for them, what's going on with the people that they're dealing with, what's going on for them, and how do you have your best response? That's really this idea of, of emotional brilliance. So let me say a little bit about Steve, and then we'll kind of you know, bring him on. So today we have Steve uh, Cunningham, and he uh, has an interesting background. He's the founder of Read It For Me, and we'll get a little bit more about that. But it's the world's best business and personal uh, books. How do you get them into a 12-minute video? Or um, 
you can also have a transcript. So all these key books, and I'm going to be asking him about which are the books that he's been influenced the most by, and uh, read it for me, um, readitfor.me. He's also created growitfor.me, uh, which we'll get a chance to talk about. So a little bit about the background. Um, Steve loves being an entrepreneur. We'll get a little bit more information about that. Uh, as in his bio, he talked about he started um, selling baseball cards and hockey trading cards uh, in grade four. One of his past entrepreneurial efforts was a digital marketing company called 330 that would help clients make more money using a blend of content marketing, deep understanding of human behavior, and the scientific method. He's also went to law school and practiced law for, as he said, we'll hear a little bit more about that one full week. And now here we are. Um, I don't know when you wrote this bio, Steve, but it could be nine years or more still recovering from that. And he also has the background of being a guitarist and songwriter. So, Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, we've talked over the years, uh, myself and Cassie, you know, and, and I've seen your uh, read it for me uh, grow and also have, have been a lifetime member and have passed on that. But so as we get into this, just a little bit of history. Um, so who have been some of the key influencers, leaders that kind of have made you who you are today? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, certainly a lot of people have played an important role in where I am today. Probably starting with my father, who as a child kind of instilled a growth mindset in me. I still remember uh, sitting in our basement, breaking open the personal development tapes. Uh, that's how long ago that was. And just you know, with him as he was working on himself, uh, just kind of seeing that and emulating that, and he was gracious enough to let me be a part of that as I was as I was growing up. And then, um, you know, as I've gotten into the entrepreneurial world, I've had so many folks that have been influencers in my life. Uh, but one of them uh, that probably has had the, the biggest impact in my life is a gentleman by the name of Graham Weston, who is here in San Antonio, which is where I am right now. And um, just guiding me uh, as an entrepreneur, giving me support and kind of seeing how he has built his business um, over the years and how he's approached you know, his entrepreneurial journey has been a, a huge impact on me. So I, I could probably talk for hours of the folks that have been influenced on me, but those are two of them. Okay. So, uh, you know, as a psychologist, uh, you know, and I know about these kind of defining moments and, and especially our family. I missed a little bit of what you said that your dad did. He opened up something around. I, I didn't get what he opened up when you were there. Yeah, we were, uh, we would sit in the basement and we would listen to personal development tapes. Uh, so he would oh. crack open the, the, the newest set of tapes that he, he had purchased and we would go through them together and, you know, lots of fond memories about that. Uh, that's great. Do you remember who it was that you listened to? The one, yeah, the one that comes to mind, 
most was Tony Robbins. And I forget okay. exactly yeah, which yeah. Um, which set it was. Right. I can I can still hear the the package opening yeah. and you know the, the tape going in the cassette player uh-huh. and all that good stuff. Oh, uh, that's great. Oh, I'm sure I ha- I've had I have I've listened to those. I'm sure many of our listeners have listened to those. Uh, but that to be able to do that with your dad, that's really special, and it sounds like quite the imprint. Um, so. Then tell us a little bit, you know, kind of more kind of about your background. It sounds like, uh, you know, from law school, anything you want to say about that and kind of where you, you know, brings us to, um, you know, where you are today with Read It uh, for .me. Yeah, my, my background in, in law, which, as you pointed out, had an illustrious career of exactly one week. Um, what you, if you know any lawyers or people who've gone to law school, they'll tell you that law school is about three years of reading hundreds of pages of case law every night, taking studious notes, summarizing the information so that when you go back to class the next day, you're not embarrassed in front of all of your friends. Uh, so I got very good over my span of law school and just summarizing a lot of information very quickly. And as I graduated out of law school and had my illustrious one-week law career, which I believe <laughs> is still a world record. I uh, uh-huh. ended up joining my father's, my father's business at the time because I, I, I got a job between my second and third year of law school at a law firm, and I realized at that point that I, although I loved learning about the law, and the practice of it seemed to me, as I kind of projected myself into the future, something that would uh, be akin to sticking hot pokers in my eyes for the rest of my life. So I decided that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life and got out and joined, like I said, my my family's, my dad's, uh, at that time, small signage company. And I decided I didn't want to do that for a living, so I started a marketing agency. And it was around the time when social media was starting to become a big thing, uh, but nobody had yeah. been using it yet for business. And yeah. I would... Because I had three, about 3,000 Twitter followers at the time, which at that time was a lot, gave me the, the ability to be perceived as you know, a quote-unquote social media expert. And I got to go around giving keynotes at conferences and speaking to groups of CEOs and just taught them, you know, here's how you would you know, use social media to get some interesting content out in the world, how that can drive people back to your website so that you can get them on an email list and then do more business with them. Kind of like what right. everybody would under, understand as content marketing uh, today. And what I learned quickly was that, that, although that was a very good way for me to get in front of the folks that I wanted to do business with, because it was so new, nobody wanted to be the first one to, you know, cut a check, you know, a big check to invest in it. So we thought, um, well, we're going to have to create our own social media case study so that we can show them here's exactly how we did it and here's how we can do it for you. Hmm. So um, that's exactly what we did. I noticed that when I went to speak to a lot of the folks that I was attempting to do business with, CEOs, chief marketing officers, and so on, that they would have a stack of books on their desk. And I would walk in and I would say, because I had invariably read one or two or three of them, I would try to yeah, create some right. rapport and say, hey, what did you think about this idea from that book or that idea from this book? And eventually they would all sheepishly admit that they hadn't had the time to read that book. Yeah. 
And so that created uh, in me uh, kind of the, the spark of, I, I know what we can do for our social media case study. I started turning my notes that I had been creating as I was reading all of these business books to try to get up to speed around how to run a business because I had came from law school in one week of law and they don't teach you how to run a business in law school. So right. um, that's what we did. We, and that was kind of the, the creation point of Read It For Me. It was designed to be a content marketing strategy for uh, my marketing business at the time. Hmm. Um, well, so we're going to go to our, our first break, but so like, hold on and put a pin in that because we're going to come back with a couple questions I want to uh, ask you about what, what you just said, Steve. So thank you. So you're listening to Leadership Development News. Come right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. IC Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. IC Tech. For those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Steve Cunningham about some of his journeys around being an entrepreneur, the learnings he's had from that, and then just general leadership. Steve has a um, platform 
where you can get all the best books and listen to uh, audio, video, but also a transcript, read it dot, uh, read it for dot me. And Steve has a um, offering that he's going to give to us. Uh, Steve, I first heard about you years ago when one of our great colleagues, Dr. Ed Nottingham, passed on the gift of uh, read it uh, for dot me to me. And then I ended up signing up, you know, for the lifetime membership. So maybe talk a little bit about kind of what the the offer is that you have, and then we can kind of get a little bit more into um, how how read it for me came about. Yeah. So our service is a business book summary service. We take the best leadership and personal development books and turn them into twelve minute audio, video, and text summaries. And what we've done for your listeners here today is we put together an offer to give them one free year of our service, no strings attached, and all they need to do is go to readitfor.me slash emotional brilliance, and they'll be able to grab that uh, free year of our service. Wow. So that's that's huge. Um, and I know, like I said, that's kind of how I had gotten uh, involved uh, with that. So we really appreciate that. And maybe just say it one more time, and then we'll repeat it at the end of the show. So where should they go? www.readitfor.me. That's R-E-A-D-I-T-F-O-R.me slash emotional brilliance. All right. That's great. And emotional brilliance, folks, as you know, that's kind of the site that both Kathy and I uh, have. And I know she's sorry to not hear more of your, your story, Steve. So tell us about kind of now as we're kind of moving on around read it for me. Um, what what's like some of the the best books that maybe have informed you the most? I mean, you know, you're you're reading these. I'll ask you a little bit more about kind of how your process of that. But so from a learning standpoint, you're a a uh, forever learner as I am. You know, which ones have you learned the most from? you know, that maybe you're applying into your business and stuff today? I think that there's two books that are standouts for me in terms of the impact that they've had on my my career. One of them being a book called The Lean Startup, uh, which is a book that basically describes how building a startup is different than building a more mature organization and that there's a specific methodology to go about doing that. And the main idea in that book is that you do things by experimentation and you learn as quickly as you can from a real world feedback so that when you're building things, you're building things that people want. And I know that there's a, there is a push inside of larger organizations to kind of bring this mindset into, you know, especially areas of the company that deal with innovation and charting the course of, you know, the next several years for, for these companies. So that, that one has had a big impact on me. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's a book uh, called Principles by Ray Dalio, who's the leader oh, yeah. of the world's largest hedge fund. And um, what, what he describes in his book is his journey from, you know, starting uh, his company in a in an apartment in Manhattan to what is now the world's largest hedge fund and how he 
meticulously documented all of the principles that he used to make decisions along the way that turned out well, so that he now has this set of, you know, in his aptly named book, Principles of Things That Have Worked For Him. So the combination of those two books, one where you do a lot of experimentation, a lot of trying things uh-huh. to see what works, and on the other end, with Principles, which is documenting all the things that have worked to make sure that you continue to apply those over your career. And so for me, those are kind of like the two bookends of yeah. um you know, what I would suggest anybody on the planet would get benefit from. Do a lot of experimentation to see what works. And when you do find out what works, make sure you do whatever it is you can in order to continue to apply it. Ah, that, that's beautiful. And, I, and then for our listeners, if you're interested in each of those, now you're going to have your you know, free offering from Steve. You can go listen to those in, in the 12 minutes. Um, given that I know you're meticulous, uh, how'd you come up with 12 minutes? I mean, I wonder if that's part of the experimentation. What did it used to be longer? And I know you've changed your offerings over the years as I've been, you know, involved with it. Um, how'd you come up with 12 minutes? And 12 minutes just happened to be the, the average length of time is one of, one of our summaries. They would clock in anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes. And you now I wish I could claim that we had built these out with the idea that this is how adult learning happens in its most optimal state, which happens to be true. Uh-huh. Anything under 15 minutes is, is optimal, um, but it just happened to be the average length of the summaries yeah. that uh, we had produced. And it's a marketing, um, marketing thing to help people understand that it's a specific amount of time and it's not too long, not too short. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so tell me about your process. You know, I know, you know, this was a startup for you. And, and how long has Rita for me been, been in existence? In one form or another for the last 10 years, it started off, like I said, as a it was really a content marketing idea for my marketing agency at the time. So that's how it was for uh, the first right. uh, few years, and we turned it, turned it into a side business for the agency, and now for about the last five years, it's been a, a standalone business on its own. And I know you've kind of, you've experimented, and it kind of goes back to what you're saying around lean strategy, you know, um, so not only do you have the books, but then you had a, you know, process around kind of action learning, and so maybe, you know, say a little bit about that, you know, did, um is that kind of like a group coaching? You know, I think it's, it's probably driving some of the learning, you know, more to the application. So what is, what is that? Yeah, so one of the, the things that we've learned along the way is that, just from my own experience as well as the experience of a lot of other people, is one thing to get somebody to consume information. It's another thing to get them to act on it. And so we're, yeah. we want as a service to be able to solve the real problem, which is creating behavior change and results. And so we knew we had to make a connection between <clears throat> what people were consuming and what they were doing. And part of the idea of this um, action learning and uh, masterclass idea that we had around this, we, we joke, we, we named something masterclass before masterclass, the company became a big thing. And, 
before everybody uh-huh. called everything a masterclass. But the idea was that if we could create a structure for things that people would show up to, and then while they were there, um, collaborate around how they were going to apply it. So basically in the moment, in the training itself, create a plan for what they were going to do, and then create the, the mechanism for the next time we meet, we're going to ask you how it went. That would help solve that problem. So really we're just mm-hmm. trying to create a closed loop learning system, right. just like you just like you would in, if you read the Lean Startup, that's the idea. You don't... We have created this this um, idea called the goal loop, which stands for goal, obstacle, action plan, and learning. With the goal being what what is whenever you're in a learning environment, the first thing on your mind should be what's my most important goal right now. So the context of the training is more important than the content of the training. And the second one with the obstacle, which is what you know what's standing between where you are today and what that goal is. Right. So identifying what's the problem that I'm facing right now um, and then consume the content, find an idea that will help you solve that problem and then create a plan to put it into action, which would be the third letter uh, A. And then finally, um, as we say, the learning doesn't happen until you go and do it. So there's no real learning until you take the idea and apply it to your situation and and see if it works or not. Um, And then if it works, you keep it and if it doesn't, uh, you get rid of it or come up with another experiment. Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of continuously opening and closing this goal loop that over time actually creates an impact for folks that we're focusing on. Right, right. Um, and now is that uh, is that live? Is kind of is it live group coaching or how does that, you know, are you using like a platform for that or how does that happen? Yeah, we're we're mostly training either organizations and people how to do it for themselves and that they would okay. run it off of whatever other program that they're using internally. Okay. Great. Um, well, I want to come back to this. So we're going to go to our, our uh, next and last break. You're listening to leadership development news. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America business network. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're 
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking about Steve Cunningham from Read It uh, For Me, you know, readitfor.me. And if you're interested in signing up, you have a, a tremendous you know, offer that Steve's giving to our listeners that you want to listen to some of the book summaries that we're talking about. You can go to www.readitfor.me uh, slash emotional brilliance. And then you can basically get it a free year of listening to the summaries, which is a, a phenomenal offering. So hopefully you'll take advantage of that. And Steve, thinking about training, because very similar stuff that, you know, Kath and I are doing live, but they're also virtually. Well, I love what you're doing. Typically I have this model that I talk about is that you get exposed to something and maybe you get the book and you read it. And then if you want to move towards mastery, um, then you need to practice it. And that's kind of exactly what you're saying. So you go from exposure and now to practice, and then maybe you're competent. And then I would define competent as maybe, you know, about 60% there. And if you keep working on it, you get feedback, you have social support, then you can move to mastery, which is maybe around uh, 80%. I think most training, you know, and then I'm even guilty of the organizations I'm in, they get exposed to something. You know, I had a uh, HR person when we were talking about feedback and in one of the classes we talked about feedback and I remember her saying, well, didn't you cover that in one of the last classes? I'm like, yeah. So meaning like somehow because I talked about it, therefore they got it. And I think your model of really having people uh, focus more on it and, and the application is really helpful. So one of the questions I have, so how do you go about what's the practical piece? I know at one point, you know, you were probably reading these all yourself, but do you have more of a staff? And how do you, you know, how do you get these summaries out? Well, one of the things that I've learned along the way is to do the thing in the business that I am most passionate about and competent in and then hire other folks around me. So I really enjoy the learning and it helps me in my journey. So I still do the reading and the summarizing of the books have hired folks around me to do the other things in the business that I'm not particularly as oh. good at and don't enjoy as much. So it was kind of a conscious yeah. decision to continue to work on the things that you know brought me the most joy in in running this organization. Because you know you can run a you can run a business one of two ways. One is to uh, has you know a, a joyful existence, and the other one is to um, you know be the you know a hard driving CEO. And um, I'd rather hire other people around me that are more find more joy in those things uh, in their work than I do. So, in your in your company, do you have a, a someone else that's a CEO, or, or just more of an operational um, uh, staff? Yeah, and then, you know, more and more operational uh, staff and help yeah. than a uh, formal CEO. So let's say there's a new book coming, uh, you know, that you want to offer that. Maybe one, how do you find it? And then two, how long does it take you to kind of come up with a summary? 
I mean, that's a, in a process. And it's great hearing about your law background because that whole idea of, you know, integrating, summarizing, coming up with it. So um, how do you pick your book? And then how long does it take you to actually get out, you know, read, read it and get a summary that you're comfortable with? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we first started the service, I just picked the books that I was most interested in. So not a not a very good way to to choose, but I was new, and so everything was new and fresh to me. Um, as we moved yeah. along, and, and we would also pick books that were you know, popular, the things that were on the New York Times bestsellers list and so on. And we've made a couple of iterations along the way of how we actually decide which books go in our library. And the first one was when we started the service, uh, we thought the book summary service was going to be for people who wanted to be successful someday. You know, uh, folks that are just out of school, first-time managers, those kinds of folks. And what we learned quickly was that our customers were actually skewed more towards people who were already very successful, senior executives, CEOs, uh, successful entrepreneurs, and so on. And we noticed the difference between, because they would all ask us, you know, do you have this book in your library? Because they all had a book they wanted to quickly understand the concepts in. Uh And we noticed a huge difference between folks that were not as successful yet. And the reason that they would give us would usually be something like, well, you know, I heard about this book from my boss or it's on the New York Times bestseller list and I don't have enough time to read it, so I want the summary. Yeah. And on the other on the other end, we found a completely different answer from the very successful people in our customer base, and they would say something like, "Well, I've got the X issue uh, going on right now in my business, and I need to understand very quickly what the world's top experts have to say about it, so that I can get something yeah. into action quickly." And so for us, that was a big distinction because the books that were relevant to the things that the issues that they were bringing up were not, were rarely the books that were on the New York Times bestsellers list. Mm. So we transitioned from summarizing the most popular books to summarizing the books that solved the biggest problems for senior executives and, and entrepreneurs. And throughout the years, we've continued on that track and we've now built out uh, a lot of great content uh, mapped onto leadership competency models that a lot of organizations have. So if you have, you know, if you're listening and you have a leadership competency model in your organization, it, you know, 99.9% sure we can map our content onto that. So we just really tried to um, pick content that would help solve problems for folks uh, doing important work. And then how do we do it? Um, the I through my work in law school and just doing this for several years have come up with a, a way that we work through these books. I can get the book read and summarized in uh, less than a day, and then the creative work takes a, another few few days to wrap up. And so probably within, you know, if you gave us a book today, we could have uh, a summary back to you in a, in a week's time. Uh, it's, hmm. you know, the calendar, calendar permitting. So yeah. that's kind of the, from from beginning to end, how, how we approach it. So when you're, so for yourself, that's just a fascinating piece. So you're actually reading the book and are you kind of underlining it and then coming back and then summarizing some of the key, the key points. Cause also I think a lot of the books, um, many of them, you know, there may be key points, but there's a lot of stories that you may not necessarily be, you know, summarizing as much as the stories, but the key points. 
Um, is that kind of the process? You're out there with your highlighter or, or notepad and stuff? Yeah, well, I my, technically what I do is I'll I'll buy the book on uh, Amazon as a Kindle. I use my computer to read because I'm I'm more or less dissecting the book and trying to put it back together again, and that uh-huh. tends to be uh, easiest for me when I'm doing it on a computer. And I'll and I'll highlight things that where I see the the key points, and then we take that and turn that into into a summary. And to your point, there's a lot of there's a lot of great um, stories and, and insights in those books. I just simply can't make it into the summary. Yeah. Um, and we're just trying to decipher, you know, for a, for a senior executive, he wants to decide whether or not, A, to read the, the full book. And that's one of the actual biggest use cases for our product we found, especially with very successful people. Is they just, they want to use the summary as a way to understand whether or not they should spend uh, five mm. or eight hours of their time, which is their most valuable commodity by far, in the book. Right. And so it's not a. It's not a. I don't want to read this. It's is is this going to solve yeah. the problem that I have right now? More of a yeah. a filter for them. But that's a that's a great distinction. You know, and, and obviously I got a, a ton of books and I'm on top of the literature and stuff. I would say there's very few books that I'm a cover to cover reader. Um, but when I do find that is like, oh, this is so rich. And it basically for me, it may have a lot of research and data, you know, that I can, that I can use in my writing and I can use in my training and it's a cover to cover. But I'd say for me, maybe it's about 20% of the books, uh, a lot, many of them I'm, you know, probably doing what you're doing is thumbing through and kind of getting the key things and just enough to get, you know, kind of get the outline. So what about, Grow it for me. Grow it for dot me. What is what is that? So about a year ago, when the crisis first hit, we started running what we called action classes, which was taking one of our book summaries and running through the process that I was speaking to you about earlier, which is that goal, goal, obstacle, action plan, and learning. And basically, we would run uh, an hour-long session where we would play a book summary get folks to articulate what is your goal, what is your obstacle, what is your plan, send them off into breakout rooms, and then bring them back at the end to commit to taking their next step, which is, which is by the way, how we suggest organizations use our content if they're going to use it in their leadership development training, as an example. And what I found was that a lot of coaches and consultants were coming to these calls. We, we had, I guess, an untapped uh, group of folks in our in our customer base that we weren't aware of. And they would all come with the same uh, problem. They would all bring up you know, very similar problems, which is they don't know how to create content for their email newsletters. Uh, they don't know how to create a lead magnet so that they can get people onto their email list. And then they had a really hard time turning that into passive and recurring revenue. So these are these pain points that a lot of coaches and consultants and solopreneurs would bring to the table. And we just noticed that uh, over the first several months of the, the pandemic, uh, as they were trying to figure out how to how do they stay top of mind with their audience while everything's going remote and there's no in-person training and all this kind of crazy stuff that was blowing up their business model. So we kind of took stock of that, thought about is this a pain point uh, or set of pain points that we can help fix? And uh, we realized that through the 
the marketing and the sales of Read It For Me over the last several years. We've created these systems that would enable anybody really to, if we allowed them to take our content, um, embed that into their content marketing as they were reaching out to their audience and you know, grow their grow their email list, have a high converting email opt-in, and then be able to communicate with them consistently over time uh, so that they can sell more of what they have to sell, like their coaching and hmm. their consulting and so on. And so uh, we, and it was, you know, read it for me was we would walk into these offices and they would say, I wish somebody would just read it for me. And grow for me was we would talk to these coaches and consultants and they'd say, I wish somebody would just grow it for me, grow my email list, grow my database, grow my ability to communicate with my hmm. my customers and my prospects. And so uh, that's the idea behind Grow For Me. It's for solopreneurs, which includes coaches, consultants, any professional service providers who want to uh, you know, generate more leads for their coaching and consulting business and also serve their prospects and customers in a way that's unique and valuable. And is that also, is that, um, you know, similar in, in a way of, of format? Is it things they read or is it, you know, video audio or is it like an e-learning? Like, so what's the platform for Grow It For Me? Yeah, it's a platform where, you know, let's just, you know, to be very concrete about it. If you were in this program, uh, you would have a, an account where we would give you both a landing page that you would send your folks to as an opt-in to your newsletter, which would include the ability to, for them to get um, our book summary content. Uh, we would give you the content to be able to send out and the emails to those uh, folks over time so that they would uh, come back and do business with you on your training and your coaching and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's a, there's a lot more to it in, in the back end, but that you know, for broad strokes, that's right. the idea. Huh. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm going to uh, take another uh, look at that. And then for, for our audience, you know, uh, grow it for dot me. You can kind of look at that and see if that's valuable, uh, for you. And so let's say this concept we have of the go-to, you know, that Kathy and I come up with, you know, when you're stressed, and you kind of have a challenge. Going back to what I said in the earlier part of the show, what do you reach for? Like, what's your kind of grounding? What's like, I like that word, beckon. What do you bring forward in the moment? Maybe, maybe it's around your strategy. Maybe you just say we're about ready to come to a close. But, what, what, you know, what's your go-to when you're in that kind of situation? Yeah, for, for me, it's prayer and meditation. So I'll spend time every morning making sure I get up and get centered for the day, just knowing that I'm often going to feel stressed and try to, uh, to the extent that I can, yeah. be preventative about okay. it uh, rather than reactive. And, of course, there are times when I need to be reactive, yeah. but I'm trying to build into my, my day those things that help me out. Right. And that's very similar for me. I think the meditation is important, but yours is prayer and meditation. So we're going to come to the close. Steve, thanks so much. And for our listeners, you can get some of these summaries uh, for a year and go it and go to www.readitforme, readitfor.me slash emotional brilliance. Steve, thanks so much for this. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time and, and you got a great service. I, I've enjoyed it. And, we want to make sure our audience enjoys it. Thanks so much for having me on. It was All right. fun. 
Thanks, Steve. You've been listening to Leadership Development News. We'll be back in touch with you next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.